Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Everybody give God praise right now. Come on, everybody. Give God praise right now. Please remain standing with me. Hallelujah. And let's go to the word of God. I want to read two scriptures in your hearing. The first one in Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. And the second one is in the Gospel of St. John. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. I want to read verses 15, 16, and 17. And then Gospel of St. John chapter 14 and verse number 19. Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament, so if you're there, say amen. And let's read from the Word of God this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 15. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. There is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Gospel of St. John, chapter number 14. And notice, if you would, verse number 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Just ask somebody on your row, why should you die when Jesus Christ lives? You can be seated. Why should you die when Jesus Christ lives? You know, death has always been with us from the fall of Adam until now. We have dealt with the reality of death. Adam's disobedience brought death into the realm of humanity. And so we deal with death, we see death. Um, but I feel, and I think most of you can echo this sentiment, that in this time, in this age, death seems to be more relevant 
and more prevalent, at least for me, in any time in my lifetime. Um, I've come to become very familiar with the phone call that so-and-so passed away. So-and-so has passed on. In many cases, it's been a shock because they have been people that were healthy and people that were in good spirits and people that seem to have, as we would say, their entire lives ahead of them. And then suddenly we learn that they've been taken from us. The COVID pandemic brought death home as another layer of death. People were already dying. You know, we were already dealing with the death of loved ones from heart disease or cancer or some other form of sickness or some act of violence or some accident. We've already dealt with that. But then we had another level of death, COVID. People who were relatively healthy, who didn't seem to have any health challenges, and some did, but some did not, suddenly sick, suddenly dying, suddenly fighting for their lives, and some of them passed away. And if we had not seen enough death, now we have a war in Ukraine. And, and this war is not like most wars where, you know, soldiers are on the battlefield and the soldiers are fighting. They know the risk of um, the danger of being a soldier. But there's an army that seems to enjoy um, the murder of civilians. Just the other day, people waiting on a train, waiting on a train platform, trying to get out of their city, had a bomb hit the train station, and 50-some-odd people killed. And these are mainly women and children, because the Ukrainian men are staying to fight, but the women are trying to escape and get away and be safe. And suddenly, these children, these women, murdered by the forces of Russia. And because of 24-hour news, and you can see it vividly. You see the bodies in the street. You see one man on a bicycle. Now, what threat is a man on a bicycle? But yet he's killed by the Russian army. All of these are testaments that we are becoming way too familiar with death. And you don't have to go to Ukraine to witness gun violence. Gun violence in this country is at an all-time high. I, I just learned yesterday that a student who graduated um, from my school was gunned down yesterday. And almost every week we read about so-and-so being shot and so-and-so being shot. And it, it, it's, it's sad because you almost have become desensitized to hearing about it. It should bother you, but you've heard it so much that it's almost like yesterday's news. And so I want to talk a little bit about death because I'm not sure that everybody understands death. We know it's real. We know it's final. But the physical death is only one of three kinds of death that a person can and will experience. Physi natural death, physical death, whatever you call it, is the separation of your spirit from your body. You come to a point where 
your body can no longer provide a home for you, and your spirit is released. In the Bible, they called it giving up the ghost. That meant your spirit was released from your body. And depending on how you live, that determined where that spirit would reside. The body goes back to the dust. And we've all been to funerals, and, and we've heard the phraseology of the preacher, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That means this physical form, this body, is going to return to the dust from whence it came. That's physical death. And, and for most of us, it's tragic, it's sad. We hate to lose people no matter how much we love them, no matter how long they've been with us. We, we don't want to lose them, but physical death, if, if I can be honest, is not the worst death. Just to die physically is not the worst thing that can happen to a person. There's another kind of death I want to talk about for a moment, and that's spiritual death. And, and that's when you are, because the word death in the Greek, I'm sorry, I, I jumped ahead of myself, means separation. That's what it means. When people separate in part, that is a form of death. And spiritual death is separation from God. If you don't know God, if you don't have fellowship with God, you are living in a state of spiritual death. And, and, and when you're spiritually dead, you can be in an environment like this. You can be in a church service and hearing good singing and hearing good music and hearing preaching. And it doesn't mean a lot, not because you're ignorant and not because you're not sincere, but because you don't have a connection with God. Because to be spiritually alive, you have to have a connection with God, and it has to be deeper than just the worship setting and the worship experience. You got to know God at the house. Anybody here know God at the house? Oh, hallelujah. You got to know God in the car. Hallelujah. Being able to talk to him. Oh, yeah, nobody around, no drums, no organ, no preacher. But I have a relationship with God. And that relationship makes me alive. Bible says you have be quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That means the people that are sitting in church that have their hands raised and seem to be worshiping, they didn't start out that way. Anybody want to be honest? Because none of us are born saved. None of us are born knowing God. None of us are born in fellowship or in relationship with God. But I'm excited because when I was dead, he quickened me and made me alive. Oh, God, that's why I can't, I don't owe my salvation to myself. I can't say, oh, I'm just a good, godly, pious person. I have to be honest and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, the enemy would have swallowed me up. Anybody thank God and remember when God saved you, didn't know him, didn't understand him, had no connection, but I'm thanking God that he saved me. And the greatest thing he did when he saved me, was give me life. Gave me life. He gave me life, not just the beating of my heart, and not just the flowing of my blood, and not just the activity of my brain, but he gave me a connection with him, that I'm divinely connected with God because of my salvation. And if you say you're saved, and you don't have a connection with God, I don't know if you're really saved or not. Because in order for you to be saved, you have to be connected with God. 
And, and I'm going to say this, because people will always say, I gave my life to the Lord. That's the church vernacular. But did he accept it? Some people send me stuff, and if I don't want it, I send it back. And, and, and you can give your life to God, but if you don't come on God's terms, he hasn't accepted you. Now, that, that, I'm not being judgmental, and I'm not telling you what God and what God will and will not accept. That's in the Word. But you need to understand that it's not enough that I know God. I need to make sure that God knows me. Because you know what Jesus said? He said, many will come unto me in that day and say, have I not prophesied in thy name? Have I not done many wonderful works? And the Bible says, the Lord says, he says, I'm going to tell them to part from me. Why? Because I never knew you. Does God know you? Is God connected with you? Then there's eternal death. And eternal death is the eternal separation from God. That means for the remainder of eternity, and eternity is forever. For the remainder of eternity, I'm separated from God. Now, now, now we know this more commonly as people going to hell. All right, how many of y'all believe in heaven? Y'all believe heaven's a real place? Well, you can't believe in heaven and not believe in hell. And hell is as real as heaven. The fire is real. The brimstone is real. The bottomless pit is real. All of that stuff is real. But you know, in, I thought about this. What makes hell such a, a dreaded place is that it's going to be the one place in the universe where God is absent. As bad as this world can be, it's tolerable because somewhere in this world, you can find God. You can call him. You can seek him. You can connect with him. You can pray and he'll answer. But if you miss heaven and you end up going to hell, you call because people are going to be wailing in hell, calling on God, and God is not there. He's going to be absent. It's like calling somebody and, and keep going to voicemail. Come on, somebody. You ever call somebody, and, and every time you call them, it just goes voicemail, voicemail. You're going to call God, and you're going to get this voicemail. I am not available. I was available your entire life, and you would not call on me. So now I am no longer available because you made the decision not to seek me. So, uh, 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 of the deaths that I have to choose from, I would rather have natural death any day of the week than to have eternal death. In fact, if I'm a believer and I die naturally, all I do is step into the presence of the Lord. Because the Bible says to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. And, and, and I want to tell you something because we've lost a lot of church members. We've lost a lot of good friends that were saved. And I know we miss them. But I need to tell you something that maybe you don't want to hear. They don't miss you. You say, Bishop, that's so hard. They don't miss you. 
Because right now, they're in the presence of the God they prayed to, they sang to, they preached about, talked about. Because the Bible says to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah, they're waiting to see you, but they ain't trying to come back here for you because they're in the presence of God. So if I had to pick, and, and, and I'm being real, my mother died, and I wish to God my mother could and would come back to me. But when my mother left this earth and went to the other side, she said to me and my sisters, I'll see you on the other side because I understand it's better there than it is here. Well, let's talk about this. So what's the point of this message? And I'm, I'm, I'm halfway done. The point of this message is that in the midst of all the death that we see, Jesus Christ offers life. Anybody here know the life of Christ? Look at somebody and say, Jesus is trying to give you life. He's trying to give you life. And that's the point I want to share with you. Let's go to Ecclesiastes and then I'm almost finished. Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. Solomon was the king of Israel and he was one of the wisest men in human history. God gave him a profound gift of knowledge, insight, and wisdom. But Solomon had his own issues. And, and I want to tell you something, that you can be blessed by God, but still fight with your own issues. Any honest people in here today? You can be anointed. You can be favored. That's why, let me just tell everybody something who perhaps says that the church is full of hypocrites. No, the church is not filled with hypocrites. The church is filled with people who have the favor of God but issues. I'm going to say that one more time. The church is filled with people who have the favor of God but they have issues. The person talking to you this morning, I got issues. All right, and if you sit and talk with me, I'll share with you what, what I think you ought to know about my issues. But the reason why I'm here is because God is gracious. And he looked beyond all of my faults, and he sees my needs. If you're looking for the perfect preacher, he might be down the street, but you'll discover he's got issues too. If you're looking for the perfect church, there might be one that claims that down the street, but everybody in there got issues. But all of us are trying to know God, live for God, serve God, walk with God, and please God. Solomon comes to the end of his life. And he's confronting his issues. But his issues gave him a perspective about life. And one of the perspectives he got is in writing this book of Ecclesiastes, he points out a paradoxical truth. That goodness does not always translate into long, natural life. We sometimes tell people that. But I've had to do funerals for saved young people that weren't even 20 years old. And I knew they were saved. But for whatever reason, God brought them home early. And, and I'm still wondering. And when I get to heaven and the Lord and I have time to talk, I'm going to ask him, why did you take this young person so early? At the same time, there's some wicked people that just got older and meaner. Somebody help me preach this. 
you know, when they were young, we said they'll grow out of it. They get old, they'll stop being so hateful. They got to be 50 and just as hateful as they want to be at 50. Got to be 60 and became more hateful. Got to be 70. Well, that's just the way they are. And, and, and you wondered why God didn't cut them off as mean as they were, as dysfunctional as they were, as hateful as they were. You know why God didn't cut them off? Because it's not his will that any should perish. There are some people lingering around here because God's trying to give them time to make a decision. He's been merciful to them, and I need to tell somebody, if the Lord called you and you have not answered, I need you to answer because there's no guarantee that he will call you again. But it's a paradox that young, good people sometimes die young. I've lost a lot of good friends in the church that I thought I would live to be an old man with, and they died before they got to be 50 years old. And then some of the meanest folk, you know, death comes, and, and, and I've, I've been pastoring for almost 20, for 27 years, and I've had some people die and um, had some folk hang around. I said, Lord, are you sure you got the right one? Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I know preacher shouldn't say that, but this preacher did say that. Are, are, are you sure you didn't get the right, are you sure you got the right one? Because the honorary one, the hateful one, the mean one is still hanging around. And the one that is blessing everybody you took from us too soon. Are you sure you got the right one? But that's not my choice. God gives his mercy. But with this paradox, Solomon warns us. And the first thing Solomon warns us about is self-righteousness and carnal wisdom. You have to be very careful about becoming self-righteous because it's so easy to look at the flaws in the people around you rather than to look at your own issues. You ever known somebody that everybody they know is a problem? They don't like their friends. They don't like their colleagues. They don't, everybody gets on their nerves. They don't like their family. They got something to say about their mama, something to say about their cousin, something to say about their daddy. And you know, I want to ask them sometimes, are you sure all of these people are the problem? I mean, are, are you really, I mean, I, I'm not trying to get in your business, but if everybody gets on your nerves, is it really them? Or could some of it be you? Carnal wisdom is a dangerous thing. Carnal wisdom says to us, if they don't like me, I'm not going to like them. If I think they don't like me, I'm going to dislike them first. You know, they, they, they looked around and said, couldn't you see that attitude on them? I'm like, no, I just saw them say hello. Well, I saw the attitude, so I rolled my eyes. Well, carnal wisdom says roll your eyes, but spiritual wisdom says maybe you should meet that eye roll with some love. Because nothing helps people get through than an atmosphere of unconditional love. He shares this warning that wickedness and foolishness is dangerous. And I just want to be clear about the fact, even though I've met some people who were old that were still in their foolishness, and I met some people that were 
old and we're still mean and hateful. Just because they live long doesn't mean you're going to live long. I made a decision, and I don't know if, if anybody else understands this, but I made a decision that I want to go to heaven whenever I die. Anybody made that decision? I don't know when I'm going. I'm hoping to live a long life. I'm hoping to live to be at least 100 years old. But if you hear about Pastor Davis dying tonight, understand that my goal has always been to make heaven. I've had to deal with some stuff. I've had to repent for some things. I've had to cry at the altar for deliverance. But my goal is to make heaven. I don't have time for pettiness. I don't have time to get into he said, she said, and what they did. I got to go to heaven when I die. You don't have to like me. Just don't get in the way of me trying to get to heaven. You ain't got to talk to me. But don't get in the way of me trying to get to heaven. Heaven is my goal. I got saved nine years old. I've been saved most of my life. And if I mess up and go to hell... I just won't be tormented. I'll be embarrassed to spend all this time in church and then go to hell and the folks you preach to that wouldn't listen meet you in hell. And say, Bishop, no, they ain't. If you're going to invest all this time in the journey, you need to make the journey. If you're going to invest all this time in trying to live for God, you need to make the journey. And I'm saying this because I've seen people come to the edge of Jordan and mess up and lose out. Oh, Shakaya, make a decision. I got to go all the way. Somebody shout all the way. Some people, Solomon asked this question, why? Die before your time. And I, I need to be honest with you that everybody that died did not die because God wanted them to die. Now, I know that's going to shake your theology because we say God holds everything in his hand, and he does. But God also has imparted to us free will. And the word says, I step before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. And there are some people in your life, in your family, some people you dealt with in your past, they chose death. They could still be here with us, but they chose the overdose. They could still be with us, but they chose suicide as the option. And if you've had thoughts of ending your life, I need you to talk to somebody. And I need you to turn to God. Because the Lord is not trying to call you out of this world yet. And there's still a purpose for your life and for your living. Some of us are choosing death every time you decide not to pray. Every time you decide not to Open your heart to God. Every time you decide not to heed the word of God, you are choosing death. And there's no need to choose death when life is on the menu. 
Now, if all you had to choose from was death, you couldn't do anything but take death. But I came to tell you about a God that offers you life. Come on, look down the road and say, Jesus is offering life. Oh, hallelujah, there's life that is meant for you to live. Because he said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I'm not talking about the wealth of riches. And I'm not talking about success because you're looking at somebody. When I got saved, I was as poor as I could be. But there's something about the joy of salvation. When you got holes in your shoes, you'll still give God the glory because I'm saved. When you wore the same thing last week that you're wearing this week, I'm still excited because I'm saved. Oh, hallelujah. When I don't have, when I'm living off of food stamps in Section 8, I'm still excited because I'm saved. I'm born of the water, and I'm born of the Spirit. And there's something about salvation that changes how you look at life. And instead of complaining, you get joy in your soul because everybody has issues and everybody has problems but if I had to choose I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold I need a glad witness in here that's glad they're saved come on put your hands together shout hallelujah Here's our problem. We are more concerned about physical death than we are about spiritual and eternal death. Where are my middle-aged people? Oh, God, lift your hands. Anybody over 50? You're trying to preserve your life. You go to the doctor. You take your medicine. You go to the doctor. You're walking and you're working out. This little fat preacher walks every day because I'm trying to live a little bit longer longer. But on my way to the doctor's office, I stopped at the altar. On my way to the doctor's office, I stopped at the pool. On my way to the doctor's office, I said, Jesus, save me. So if I get a bad report, hallelujah, it might make me sad, but it won't destroy me because I've got a home over in glory and it's mine. Somebody shout hallelujah. Physical death is just a means to move to the next realm of existence. But spiritual and eternal death returns, oh God, to our reality. If you die without knowing Jesus, if you die before coming to the cross, there's nowhere to go but the lake of fire. But I got good news. Why should you die when Jesus offers life? I don't have to die. Why, preacher? Because Jesus tasted death just for me. I was a sinner. I was a wretch undone. Didn't know God. Didn't understand God. But before my mother knew my father. We sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. 
Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you and until next time, shalom, shalom.